I'm jumping in with a quick message that I've added to all HR Coffee Time episodes to let you know that my group programme, Inspiring HR, is back. In case you haven't heard of it before, it's an intensive six-week programme for mid and senior level HR and people professionals. So if you're an HR business partner, HR manager, head of HR or HR director, or the people equivalent, so a people business partner, people manager, head of people or people director, and you'd like to build your confidence, your credibility and your impact at work, Inspiring HR could be perfect for you. We get started on Wednesday the 5th of June 2024 when we'll be meeting up over Zoom for two hours every week. The group sessions are a blend of group coaching, training and facilitation. They're supportive, encouraging and practical and each week has a slightly different focus. So in week one, we look at setting yourself up for success. Week two is about boosting your confidence. Week three focuses on being strategic in your role. Week four is all about building key relationships. Week five takes a deep dive into influencing at a senior level. And the final week looks at planning for the future. There's a link with the full details in the show notes for you. Or you can learn more by going to my website, Bright Sky Career Coaching, clicking on services and then clicking on Inspiring HR Group Programme. I would love to have you join us and to get to know you throughout the programme. But if you have any questions about Inspiring HR at all, please feel free to ask by getting in touch through the website and I would be very happy to answer them for you. Even if you have absolutely brilliant people skills, there will have been times when you found someone at work difficult to get along with. In fact, maybe there is someone right now who is being a challenge and you just don't know what to do about it. There could be a huge range of ways that they're difficult. Maybe they seem moody or confrontational. They could be a bit intimidating or nitpicking, disengaged, disorganized, or just not interested in you. Really, the possibilities are endless. And your instinctive reaction might be to stay out of their way and have as little to do with them as possible. But that isn't always a good idea, especially if this person is your boss or someone with power and authority who can affect your career or a colleague that you need to interact with regularly. So if you're stuck and you don't know what to do, don't worry, this episode is here to help. Welcome to HR Coffee Time with me, Faye Wallace, a career and executive coach with a background in HR. And today I'll be sharing three tips to build a better relationship with a difficult person at work. I really hope you're going to find them helpful. I covered this topic way back in episode three of the podcast, and it's something I've been talking about in my Inspiring HR Group Coaching Programme this week, which is why it's been on my mind again. So while episode three looked at a framework called DISC to help you find ways to build relationships with difficult people at work, today I'll be focusing on three tips that can help you no matter what DISC profile a person might have. Because the basis of any strong relationship is trust and these three tips are going to help you to establish that trust. The first tip 
is to listen. I absolutely love Stephen Covey's work. You've probably heard of him before. He is the person who wrote the classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I find myself coming back to that book again and again and again. The principles and the ideas in it and the exercises in it are just absolutely fantastic. So if it's not something that you've read before, I would definitely add that to your reading list. So the one thing of Stephen Covey's that I'm focusing on today is a quote that he said, which was, seek first to understand, then to be understood. In any relationship that we're approaching, and especially relationships at work, the idea is that instead of just barreling in <laughs> with all of our wants and what we want to get out of the re relationship, we really take the time to step back and figure out what that person wants. So some really good questions to ask them and to try and gauge if you're not able to ask them is what do they want to achieve? So this difficult person, what is it that's really important to them and what do they need from you or what could they potentially benefit from from you? So how can you actually help them to achieve their goals, to help them meet what's important to them? Without asking them these questions, there can be this real unintentional mismatch. I'm sure you will have seen this in action, especially as you work in HR and will have seen foolings out within the workplace. There have been so many times when I've seen a manager getting really frustrated with someone who works for them because they just don't seem to be doing the job that they've been hired for. But the person they're getting frustrated with is equally frustrated because they think they're doing everything that they've been hired for. There's this complete misunderstanding about what is required from the job from both of their perspectives. So one's got one idea, the other's got the other idea. And it's not till you actually sit them down and get them to talk about it, that it all comes out in the open and then they're able to find a way forward. So this is slightly different because in this situation, it isn't necessarily that you have someone working for you who you're finding tricky because they're not doing the job that you think they've been hired to do. Although, of course, that could be an issue. Whatever the situation is, whatever it is about that person that you're finding hard, please, please, please do try and take that time to have a conversation with them or to try and piece this together yourself to figure out what is it? What are their goals? What is it that's important to them? Because once you know that, it's going to be so much easier for you to build a relationship with them. And you'll see that once you've figured this out, it's the bedrock for tip three. But let me move you on to tip two. The second tip for building a better relationship with a difficult person at work is to spend time with them regularly or find some way to have regular contact with them. And I know that this might feel counterintuitive because if they're being difficult, your instinct could very well be to just completely stay out of their way but things won't magically get better on their own. So spending some time with them so that you can get to know each other, so you can ask them those questions I was just talking about, and then you can begin to build that trust and start to feel a bit closer. Depending on who the person is will impact how you find ways to spend time with them regularly. If they're super senior and really, really busy, or you're both working remotely, this might feel a bit daunting, but it is a challenge that you can overcome. It's one that I've helped lots of my coaching clients with. 
And the idea behind coaching is that it's powerful because you help the person you're coaching to find a solution that works for them just by giving them some reflection time and asking them key questions to help unlock their own ideas. If I just told everyone what to do, it wouldn't work. (laughs) I'm sure you have been given advice on what to do countless times and completely ignored it because you disagreed with the advice or the advice felt a bit uncomfortable or scary or you didn't believe it would work. Well, by coming up with the idea yourself, you're far more likely to put it into action and to have success. So each person that I've coached around this challenge has always come up with a solution that works for them. I remember one client had a boss who was absolutely lovely, but what made him difficult was the fact that he never seemed available because he was so flat out with work all the time. The only time he wasn't in meetings or on the phone was when he took a cigarette break. And this cigarette break happened like clockwork. So my coaching client decided to start popping out of the office to get a coffee at the time he knew his boss would be taking a cigarette break and then it meant that he had the opportunity to chat to him. They'd stand outside together for five or ten minutes catching up, the boss having his cigarette and my client drinking his coffee. Now, I could never have recommended that because, of course, I don't know that person's boss, I don't know what their routine is, but by being able to say to my coaching client at the time, okay, let's think this through together, you're saying it's just impossible to get time in the calendar with this person, talk me through what their day looks like. And that is when they had this light bulb moment and realised, hmm, I'm going to start hanging around outside at a certain time so I can get that regular contact. Another one of my coaching clients decided to be proactive and start putting a 30-minute catch-up in their boss's calendar every two weeks. She knew that her boss was really organised, loved processes, loved everything to be systematic and wouldn't shift the appointment. So what we then worked on together was a plan for what she wanted to cover in that 30-minute catch-up so she didn't feel so nervous about it. But for you, if you're thinking, how can I get that regular contact? If you're lucky enough to have a super organised person who it is that you're trying to build this relationship with, then this is a very simple, quick and easy way, of course, of getting that regular time in, is just putting a catch-up in their calendar. And to give you one more example, I had another client who had a difficult person reporting into them. So the two examples I just gave you was of difficult bosses, but this is the other way around. And so what happened was my coaching client decided to take them out for lunch to try to clear the air because she really felt there was this huge friction that had built up between them. And she felt that speaking to them outside of the office was going to be better, so it wouldn't feel so formal. She then told the person who worked for her that she'd like to start having a regular catch-up with her and asked what format she thought would be best. I thought this was a great example of leaning into that first tip that I shared with you, which is about understanding the other person and what works for them, what's important to them. If the person you're finding difficult isn't your boss or someone who works for you, there are loads of other ways you could find to spend time with them. As I've already mentioned, you are in the best position to figure out what's going to sit well with you and work well for you and them. But just here are a few examples of other ways to think about. So you could volunteer for a project that you know they're going to be involved in. 
You could set up some sort of social activity and invite them along, or you could join in one that they're already involved in. There are all of these different things that you could be doing. So I would love to encourage you to spend a bit of time thinking about this. What way would work best for you and for them, for you to have some regular contact with them and start to build the relationship? If you're scared about doing it because you don't know how to handle their behaviour when you do have that time with them, then that's when I'd encourage you to hop back and listen to episode three of the podcast, which again was called Building Relationships with Difficult People at Work, because in that episode, I share lots of strategies that will help with this. Finally, my third tip naturally bubbles up from doing tips one and two, and it's to figure out what you can give to the other person. You'll soon start to get some ideas once you've started having regular time with them and you've listened to understand what their priorities and their interests are. There's a whole mini-series of episodes about networking within this HR Coffee Time podcast, and if you've already listened to them, you'll have heard this tip and story that I'm about to share before. But I think it can be handy for us to hear ideas more than once, so hopefully you'll find hearing it again useful. And I will link in the show notes to all of those networking episodes just in case this is a topic that you really want to take a deep dive into. Because for me, networking really is just about building relationships. So there are lots of relationship building ideas and tips and things to think about in them. But getting back to the story. The story is about my grandfather, who I called Papa. We used to spend a lot of time with him and my nana when we were growing up, and Papa was forever sharing little wise nuggets of advice with me, my brother and sister. I always remember him saying, Faye, what goes around, comes around. And I really believed him then, and I still believe him now. I truly believe that you get back in some way what it is that you put out into the world. And it's not just Papa and me who think this, there is now evidence that this approach does work. Adam Grant, who is a professor and organisational psychologist, found this through his research. He found that people who give to others are the ones who are the most successful in their careers. So he has come up with this concept that people are either givers, takers or matchers. If you give, you're really happy to support others and do things to help them. So you will proactively do that a lot of the time without even being asked. But if you're asked, you'll definitely go ahead and help them. Takers are the absolute opposite. So they tend to be more in it for themselves. So in a work environment, they will just take, 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 get what they need, ask people for help, but not give anything back in return. And then finally, matches are more of a combination. So they're happy to give, but they're also happy to take. And they're, they're keeping a balance, they're keeping a score. So if they keep on helping someone and then nothing is given back in return, that's not going to sit well with them. They feel that there's a sort of quid pro quo approach to this. In workshops that I've run, I've often said, well, so who do you think? the most successful people within organisations are? Do you think it's the givers, the takers or the matches? And almost always everyone gets it wrong because it, it feels a bit counterintuitive. It's actually the givers. What Adam Grant found that not only are they the people who are the most successful in the organisation, 
They can also be the least successful, but if they're the least successful, they're still absolutely invaluable to the organisation because they're doing so much to keep everything going and to help everyone. The times when they're the the most successful people with the most successful careers in the organisation is when they have managed to put in place mechanisms to stop themselves from burning out. Because of course, the big flip side of being a giver is that if you're just giving all of the time, you're really putting yourself at risk of burnout because you're doing so much for everyone else and then you've got your own workload as well. (laughs) And I've seen this come up a few times when people start thinking, oh my gosh, my own workload's slipping, but I can't say no because I want to make sure that I'm giving. So to try and make sure that you don't fall into that category, you want to make sure that you've put things in place to try and protect yourself from that. And Adam Grant in his brilliant TED talk on the subjects, which I'll also link to in the show notes for you, he describes a way of overcoming this risk of burnout, but still helping and still giving as being something that he calls five minute favours. So a five minute favour could be something really small, sharing an article that you think the person will be interested in, thanking them publicly for something that they helped you with, introducing them to someone who might be able to help them, prioritising some work that you know is important to them, (laughs) sharing this podcast episode with them if you think it's going to be useful. And by having put tip one, which was listening into action, this is going to be fairly easy to do because giving doesn't always necessarily have to be about work stuff either. So (laughs) get ready for me to launch into another story There's a great story in the classic book by Dale Carnegie, which is called How to Win Friends and Influence People. The book was written in 1936, but it's still popular now. I think it's still actually a bestseller. And you can see a lot of the ideas and principles in the book forming the foundations of popular business and relationship building advice today. It's the story of someone called Charles who needs information to be able to write a report and the only person who has the information is the president of the organisation that he works at. Someone he doesn't appear to have a strong relationship with because when he tries to talk to the president to get the information, he's not very helpful and he just gives him vague, really unhelpful answers. But Charles knows that the president was collecting stamps for his son. He also knew that one department in their organisation had access to thousands of stamps. Because this story takes place more than 80 years ago. Of course, emails hadn't been invented yet, so all the correspondence would have been by letter. And it meant that Charles headed to a department that received post from all across the world and asked if he could take some of the stamps from the letters. He then popped back the next day to visit the president and mentioned he had some stamps for his son. Well, you can imagine, the president was over the moon. He sorted through all the stamps with him and told Charles how happy his son would be. And then completely unprompted, he gave Charles all of the information that he had been looking for the previous day. So I'd love to encourage you to have a think about what's important to the person you're trying to work with, trying to build a relationship with who is being difficult. What is it that you can do for them? Is it a tiny thing like giving them some stamps because you know that one of their children is collecting them? 
Is it some recognition that they're desperate for? Is it an article? Is it doing a piece of work for them that you know is an absolute top priority that you've been putting off or you just hadn't realised was as important to them? Well, was more important to them than it is to you. So just think, what is it that is going to help them? Because whatever that is, that's going to help build trust between the two of you. Let's wrap up today's episode by taking a quick look at what we've covered. We've looked at three tips to help you build a relationship with a difficult person at work. Number one was to listen to them, to truly get to understand their priorities and what's important to them. Number two is to find a way to see them regularly, or if you can't see them regularly face-to-face, a way of having regular contact with them. And number three is to find ways to give to them, to help them. To stop any of this feeling overwhelming or daunting, see if you can find just one small thing that you could put in place tomorrow to start to build that relationship. You don't have to commit to following through on all three tips at once. One simple action, just try out one simple action. And once you've decided on what that's going to be, I would love to hear what it is. You can always reach me on LinkedIn to let me know. Or if you've signed up to get my free HR Coffee Time emails every week, just reply to one of those emails and I'll come straight back to you. It's my aim to help as many HR and people professionals as possible with their careers through this HR Coffee Time podcast. So if you're enjoying it and finding it useful, please do rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, as this is a great signal to them that it's a show worth listening to. And then they're more likely to show it to other people who haven't come across it before. Thank you so much. And I will look forward to being back again with another episode next week.